Hello and welcome to episode number 112 of the Ride With Me podcast. You are listening with your host, Mufuz Chowdhury. Happy Sunday, happy long weekend, depending on where you're listening in from. And I'm just having such a great drive right now as I'm traveling through the outskirts of Mississauga with a delicious cup of Starbucks in my hand. And I'm just counting down, counting down for the epic NBA All-Star Game that's going to be taking place later this evening. It's a yearly ritual for me, something that I will open up my calendar just to make sure there's enough time every year to watch this game. And I understand that this isn't a podcast about basketball, so I'm just going to go ahead and limit my excitement and my comments. But if you just happen to be someone that just happens to operate a show around sports or basketball, I would love to have a conversation with you and, and share my thoughts on your show because there's just a lot that I have to say about this weekend. But listeners, my friends, speaking about excitement, I am so stoked to share today's segment with you because I had the opportunity last week to head down to downtown Toronto and jam out on my good friend Hamza Khan's podcast called Ideas Into Action. This was a very special interview for me for a couple major reasons. Number one, it was probably the most personal conversation that I ever had on a podcast show. Hamza is such a fantastic host. He truly understands how to navigate through conversations, keep a good flow, and also give the, the guest a good opportunity and some breathing room to really open up and share ideas. But what I didn't know until I arrived was that Hamza was about halfway into my book and he's been dissecting different areas of my stories that he brought into the podcast show and it truly put me in a position where I felt very comfortable opening up and sharing my thoughts and emotions about what was going on during that time and we dove in deep. This was a very personal conversation for me. Number two, this was by far the longest interview and conversation that I've ever had on a podcast show. We were just shy of two hours and there was no downtime. It was a very high energy conversation, a lot of back and forth, covered a lot of different topics, everything from how to bounce back when you're absolutely broken and into a million pieces, how to manage your time, energy, and attention, how our upbringing has influenced our work ethic, and we even dove in a little bit into marketing and branding and the state of social media and how to stay sane when dealing with a lot of social media accounts. So we talked about a whole batch of things that I'm very excited for you to listen to, and although I'm gonna be sharing a short segment from that interview, my big encouragement for you in this episode today is to go look up Hamza Khan's podcast and listen to the full one hour and 44 minute episode. It is called Ideas Into Action. It is available on every podcast platform you can think of. The one that you're listening to this episode on right now, it's probably on that too. And I am on episode number four, which is the newest episode on his podcast. So it's very fresh. It's hot off the press. It's available for you to listen to right now. So enjoy this segment. Enjoy a piece, a very tiny piece of a larger conversation. And then I'll come back and give you some updated information of where you can listen to the rest and what's coming up soon. Enjoy. That brings me to my next gift for you. My next gift, <laughs> I, think, I think, is a is symbolic. It, it, it captures the spirit of the sweetness at the end of the journey. But it's also uh, marred by by bitter experiences throughout. This 
Mr. Mafus Chaudhary is Birdie Bots Jelly Beans. This is amazing. This, this is, is amazing. Uh, this is, for lack of a better phrase, a candy box. <laughs> <laughs> right? uh, Birdie Bots, every flavor beans. I uh, got this from Harry Potter World when I went there last week. Oh, well, not last week. Went there last year. Uh, that would be amazing if I went last week. Just get away from this polar vortex for a while. Yep. This uh, has a string attached, though. I'm not going to give it to you right away. I'm okay. going to move it in increments closer to you. <laughs> It's sweet. I love it. Are you familiar with this? Like, have you had this? No, I haven't. Okay, bro, so I'm excited. Let man. me tell you the gimmick over there. Okay, seventy to eighty percent of these are sweet. They're all your traditional jelly beans flavors. They're like watermelon, grape, whatever. The others, twenty to thirty percent, earwax. Oh, come soil. On. Shit. Like, I'm not even kidding. Just the worst flavors. So I would love to see you eat them maybe off air and just see what kind of random roulette of a jelly bean you get. But I'm going to get this candy closer to you, but you're going to have to answer some difficult questions okay. in the way. Okay. By the way, have you ever had the D- Doritos roulette? What's Doritos roulette? Uh, so Doritos has a similar concept where they would give you different levels of spice um, inside okay. of one bag. So you're reaching in, and it's fun to play with people who, have, who cannot tolerate spice. <laughs> might be habanero, might be sriracha. Yeah. Right? You might cry might be yourself. ghost pepper, might be. Yeah. <laughs> or you might just you know rip on how bad Doritos really is. Like you'll have a big range between them. Um, and it's fun. It's fun to pass around the bag with a group of people and just see what they get. So this reminds me of it. Okay. I'm half terrified and half excited, but I promise you I'll have a couple while we're here today. Oh, it's all good things in here. It's all good things in here. And uh, it's, all part of, it's all part of the experience, right? So. I, I liken this very much to your journey of actually becoming account manager at Candybox right now where you had to put up with a couple of some bad Some bitter, some crap. Yep. To eventually get to it. I but like the it. questions I'm going to ask are questions that I'm fascinated in. And I'm reading your book right now, Project Reinvention. Fascinating book. Thank and, you. And um, it's fascinating if for anything, the, the reason I, I find it so fascinating, if, if for anything, is because you've gone into great detail about failure. Most of the book hones in on those moments in your life that I call I never want to feel like that again moments. Mm -hmm. The Rock has that. Mark Cuban has that. Everyone has that. I mean, I was reading up on some of their bios recently. Mark Cuban and The Rock both had moments in their life where they tried to take money out of their ATMs or their banks, and they had nothing there. They had like $7. They were in the the hole. They couldn't buy coffee. I've had moments like that in my life, moments that I call I never want to feel like that again moments that have then provided the fuel that I need to move so far away from that Very interesting. Yes. You have three that you talk about in your book. And for every question that you go into, I'll move it a little closer. All right. right? I'll earn it. Let's go. Let's talk about how the fuck you racked up $30,000 in debt, bro. Oh, my gosh. Um, so where do I begin? I think one of one of the things that needs to be stated in this podcast, especially for those who don't have context on me, is I am a terrible student. I'm terrible at it. I was getting low grades, and not per se because the – the tests were hard or the content was hard. It was just that I had very little interest in majority of the subjects that were that were taking place at school. You know, when you go into marketing, you also still have to take accounting, finance, and other additional courses that maybe is not as exciting as the course that you want to do. So I went to University of Toronto, uh, great school, made some great friends there, but I wasn't getting great, great. Which campus were you on? I was in the uh, Mississauga UTM campus. Right on. Shout out to UTM. Yeah, shout out to UTM. A great, big part of my history. I think I was there for two and a half years. And at the second year, I received a letter warning me that I'm about to be put on academic probation. Oh, no. At this point, I've already poured thousands of dollars every year into the education. So I'm, sure. I'm at the halfway point. And you're on OSAP, yeah? Yeah, I was on OSAP, which terrified me even more. Of course. And the biggest frustrating thing that I had, and I wish I even remembered his name. But it was a guidance counselor, which I was very thankful to find out that guidance counselor no longer works there. But it was because of the fact that I sat across from him asking him for help 
And at that point, I was taking business administration because I was still trying to figure out my way. I knew my role had something to do with business, just not quite sure where. So I asked him for help. And his biggest advice to me was to move away from business and try something else. What? And he said that I just wasn't cut. I just wasn't cut out for business. Oh my goodness! You're and not cut out for giving advice, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and and I I you know at that point I'm vulnerable, so I believed everything he said, and I was thinking about changing gears completely. Oh my. And God. I ended up you know dropping out of university and taking a year off. What? And believe it or not, during that year off, I sold myself on the fact that I was just going to work my way up to a manager role at Tim Hortons. Bro, hold on, hold on. You know, like I was at that spot. You're a Bengali boy <laughs> yeah. living with your family in Brampton. How do you go face your parents and say, I got suspended? It it wasn't easy. I mean, they found out before I even got a chance to tell them. No, you know, how? Because, you know, you live in that lifestyle where your parents are opening up your mails. Like, you know, you, <laughs> Yo, you're, you're, you're in a brown family. You got man. parents that don't trust you. Shout out to e-statements e now for your bank account, yep. man. <laughs> I mean, imagine? they've already experienced um, many high school years where the phone calls would come in reminding them that I skipped class. No. So, so they were already at that point where they're going to answer every phone and email and mail that Bro, comes you're in. You're a delinquent, man. What the hell? So, so they found out and they obviously were and happy and can you describe like what happened you walk you opened up the door and your mom was in tears what was going on bro my mom was definitely in tears um, she lost a lot of hope in our future you know my parents come from a very uh, troublesome background where they moved out of Saudi Arabia during a very difficult time and were they well off in Saudi Arabia they, they were doing well okay. yeah my mom never worked a day in her life down there and okay. my dad was working as a contractor your so, mom was a homemaker though right? yes correct so technically she did work yeah I mean work a day in her life as in like uh like for to get paid okay got it got it yeah, for yeah, finances sure. and she, they were at a position where um, they were doing well, and their entire family lived within maybe a 15-kilometer radius of nice. where they were. So everyone was close. Their friends were there. They lived there all their life. And then one day they decided to wrap everything up and take off because there was a very difficult political time that was happening in Saudi Arabia where we would literally see tanks across the street from our oh, buildings. Wow. And I remember being – you know, I was like six years old. And we would hear a siren go off, and that siren would be to acknowledge to everyone around them that there is a tank on the way or some kind of firearm passing by. So take cover and hide. That's literally all the government would do. They wouldn't vacate you. They wouldn't take you to a secure place. They would just let you know that shit's about to hit the fan. Do something about it. God, so I what, hear a fire alarm in my condo, and I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's terrifying. Now, now, imagine like a siren, the scariest siren you'll ever hear that even now it's ringing in the back of my head. And my dad would cover us up with a plastic sheet and would put gas masks around my head. And I'm, no. just, I'm just a little kid like wondering what on earth is going Come on. Come on, man. And – it's a fun game, Dad. What are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And he would like sneak in coloring books underneath so I would be paying attention to the book and not what's happening outside. And we would cover ourselves just in case there would be debris falling from everything that's happening. And then the next day we would go out and the building beside us would be almost knocked over. Like literally shots were being fired in our area where – we could have died any day. So my parents decided to just pack up and take off and bring us to this country to start fresh. And here I was in a position coming full circle, coming in with a letter saying I'm put into academic probation after my parents sacrificed all that. Right. You know, as great as I do, as great as I'm doing now and as great as I do in the future, my parents are the real MVP. Yeah, man. You know, like they made the sacrifices that brought us down here or else, you know, I might be running a marketing agency in Bangladesh it. for all we know. All the time, man. If I stand tall, it is because I'm on the shoulder of two five-foot giants. I love that. That's that's all it is, man. Yeah. I was I was very well parented. I will give my parents that much. Like for all the ups and downs they've had in their own relationship, I can't fault them. Um 
I, I have nothing nothing but the greatest things to say about them for for the way that they raised me. Right? Yeah. And well, obviously, we've had some time away from that too. Like we're, I think, I'm in my 30s now. Are you? I, I'm 32. You're 32. 33 okay. next month. So we're almost yeah. almost the same age over here, right? And um, you know, when when you're going through it, when you're a kid, when you're when you're with your parents and living with them, and uh, you know, you sometimes hate the things that they tell you and the guidance that they give you, and it doesn't make a lot of sense until you have more time away from it. So back into that scene where you're sitting with your parents and your mom's in tears, your dad's angry. Uh, he's giving you that hard knock love. Oh yeah, my dad has a saying that he still uses it till today. He says, "This is an absolute disaster." That was an absolute disaster, and and that's his state. Wow. That's his statement. Whether you know we broke our leg by falling thirty feet in the air, right. or we dropped a, an egg on the ground. You know, like you just yeah. never know what that Everything. means. This is an absolute Everything's disaster. Everything's an absolute disaster in my dad's eyes. So uh, you know, I expected it, but I knew at that moment that it was more than just a statement like my dad actually meant it um and it was heartbreaking for everybody including myself i felt like not only did i let myself down i let everybody around me that was rooting for me down wow um and then on top of that i went back to school after a year and a half of trying out the tim horns train and deciding yeah, yeah. very quickly i need to uh try something else i went back to sheridan college and that's where i actually fell in love with marketing so so interesting. So you had this track you were on, you had friends that you had made, you had a community that you had built. Then that got interrupted and you had this year where you were just removed from that altogether working at Tim Hortons while everybody else was moving along that same treadmill path that they were on. Are you still in touch? Are you still connected with that UTM community, that cohort of students? Yeah, I'm not connected with them at all uh, for so many reasons. But, you know, once in a while, they'll send me a message to touch base and see how things are at. But to be honest, for a very long time, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed that I was kicked out of school while they moved on and got their jobs. And I was at a position where I felt that, wow, I was the failure in that group. You know, my circle of friends, some of them are engineers, some of them are lawyers, and some of them are um, unemployed, right? They're still looking for their way, and that's completely respectful. But I was at a point where I didn't even have a choice. The university forced me out of the building. Wow. They vacated me. So I, I didn't want to touch base with them, but I'm at a level now where I'm proud of how much I've grown up that I almost have a completely new circle of friends that I would rather spend my time with because these were the individuals that played a role in my growth rather than trying to touch base and retie friendships that maybe fell apart back in the days. So is it safe to say that with regards to being bumped from school and, and, and being on academic probation and suspended, that the feeling that you'd never want to feel again is that feeling of shame? Is that safe to say? Big time, yeah. Okay, so we'll move this a little closer. Okay. And then when it comes to racking up $30,000 in debt and seeing your parents sad and devastated, is it safe to say that the feeling you never want to feel again over there is letting people down? Big time. Okay. Yeah. Two. I just need to yes everything from here on out, and it'll just make it to my side. It's working. It's working. Bro, uh, I'm going to ask you a question, and feel free to not answer it if it's too personal. There's nothing out. too personal. I hope. Okay. I should say that. Let's hear it first. You talked about heartbreak Okay. in your book. And I'm just getting there. I'm diving deep into it in Project Reinvention. Can you talk about the feeling that you got from heartbreak that you never want to feel again? So there you have it, listeners. Did I leave it on a cliffhanger ending when he asked a burning question? Did I stop it at that exact moment? Absolutely, I did, listeners. Because this isn't about my podcast show today. Today's episode is about Hamza's great podcast show, and I want to encourage you to listen to the full conversation there because, whoo, how deep was that? How deep was that? That was about a 10, 12-minute segment. Imagine what two hours sounds like, and that's what you can listen to. Once again, check out Hamza's podcast called Ideas Into Action 
episode 4, available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform they're using. And I hope you get tons of value from that episode. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the full talk. And I hope you watch the NBA All-Star Game tonight because that's where the excitement is today. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you again soon.